Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Today's topic is a fun one as we tackle the big, scary word of conflict. We often lump all conflict together into one category, but we're going to break this down a little further and talk about different types of conflict and how to navigate them well. Whether you're in current situations of conflict or just want to have some handy tools in your tool belt for when these situations arise, we hope that this conversation will be helpful for your life and relationships. Without further ado, let's get this thing started. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today we get to talk about the fun topic of conflict. Yeah, we all love this. Yay! (laughs) I know a couple years ago I was teaching on um, connection and communication, and uh, I did a whole month of it, and it seemed like every week whatever topic I was teaching on was what I was experiencing. And so uh, I think when we talk about things, I don't know if it's the Lord or just just humanity, but it's like, oh, now I have to deal with conflict. I know there's a book on um, not hurrying that I have on my list, but I keep putting it off because I know once I read it, I'm really going to be challenged to not hurry. (laughs) So I've just been waiting on it. But Oh, I know. Whenever I prepare a sermon, I'm thinking, do I want to live through this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I guess we're saying if you don't want to deal with conflict, no, no, we're not telling you to turn it off. You need to listen to it anyway. But (laughs) so let's let's get into it. Let's talk about conflict. Yeah. Yay. So um, one thing, Dr. Melody, you've said before is that growth causes conflict. And so we just most often think of conflict in such a negative way. We, we don't like it. Um, we don't, we don't want to deal with it. We'd rather just live in a conflict-free world. Um, but really, if you're not ever experiencing conflict, you're either living in a bubble um, or an echo chamber. Or, or in denial. Or, or in denial. denial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody around you sees your life as, as conflict-filled, but you see it as fine and dandy, there might be something wrong there. But Well, I love how John Maxwell says that, uh, do you want the problems of growth or stagnation? So you're going to have problems either way. Well, stagnation is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can ignore conflict by just staying the way I am, accomplishing nothing, doing nothing, being a couch potato or yeah. whatever it is. You know, if I totally remove myself from the potential of conflict, I'm never going to be growing, advancing, changing. Yeah. So you yeah. have your own kind of problems because you know, you're getting those quote unquote bed sores from not doing anything, those, <laughs> those stagnation wounds. But but actually growth brings its own set of of um, conflicts. Um, and you know, the, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Correct. And so how do we get sharper is through a little bit of tension, through a little bit of conflict. So it's not always a bad thing, um, but, but we do want to handle it correctly. So that's what we'll get in a little bit today. But um, just speaking of of conflict and growth. So what is it? Growth causes conflict. So really, if I'm not experiencing any conflict in my life, and I'm not saying, well, we're not, we're not saying that we need to go out and create conflict no. or dig And we don't want to be addicted to crisis no, or conflict. No, because that, that's definitely not health. Um, but, but just saying, you know, if you're completely comfortable in every area of your life, you might be missing out on growth opportunities. Yes. So it doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, but we are all 
always supposed to be growing and maturing. Um, and so if, uh, if you're not growing and maturing, you're, you, you might not be having conflicts, but you're not really advancing. And so like, I know Joel, you guys just got a new puppy um, and your life was pretty (laughs) comfortable up until about a week ago. (laughs) And now, now you've introduced a new dynamic and and how's that going? Well, I mean, we could talk about regret, you know? Um, Well, I mean, we, we, we are ones that know how to set healthy boundaries and stuff like that. So we really ordered our life to, you know, not have a lot of drama in it. And so bringing a dog in, we were kind of, my wife and I were like, you know, this is a little bit more than what we were expecting. (laughs) It's been a while since you had a baby in the house. Yeah, so it was kind of, so, but one thing good, he is, uh, he is maturing or we're training him and he's getting better. So um, we'll see. I, I, I think we'll keep him. So, you know. Our youngest son was like, "Ah, eh, send him back." So <laughs> he, he's more of um, my daughter would be heartbroken, but so I think I think he's a keeper, maybe. <laughs> so you're experiencing the growing pains of growth. <laughs> yep, and and realizing things that you thought that you wanted, did you really want? You know, so. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of in internal conflict right now. So. <laughs> but if you stick it out, it, oh, you'll it could, love him. It it'll be better. Hopefully, that sounds like That's a grandma. It's oh, like, it is. I am the grandma. <laughs> puppy is adorable. I, mean, I know it's, it's like, a golden retriever. It takes me back to when you were kids, and you know I trained that dog. You can train this one. But it does. It adds another dynamic. Did you ever just get another uh, area of responsibility in your life? It adds a realm of pressure because now I've added something to my plate. Yeah. I remember when I started the Stopped Evaluation Movement and I had to learn to make YouTube videos. Yeah. And that was conflict. That was chaos. That was drama for my soul. But I hung in there and every week I produce another video of, yeah. of some form, whether it's an interview or I literally create a video with stock footage and stuff. And I've learned to do it. Not that I enjoy doing it, but it doesn't cause me conflict anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know? And yeah. I'm definitely not a professional, but um, I have advanced, I have increased, and I have a, a greater sphere of influence. Influence, but I had to go through probably six months of conflict yeah. because I was doing something I did not feel skilled or competent at, but it was necessary for growth. It was necessary really to obey what God spoke to me yeah. to do. Yeah. So you took on the challenge. Yes, God wanna... spoke to me yeah. and it caused me conflict. <laughs> and you think if God tells you something, it's going to be easy be no sailing. Conflict. Yeah. Well, read the Bible a little bit. That's <laughs> right. Prove that one wrong. Yeah, I do want to clarify that um, so I don't get the dog people angry at me. <laughs> it was the best thing that ever happened to us. It, it completes us. You know, oh, gosh. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Sure, sure. We, we love animals. They're amazing. <laughs> so the point was, yes, when you grow, there are challenges to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you're experiencing conflict, um, I, I guess we could say to embrace it. Um, but, but hopefully we're going to help unpack that a little bit. Give us some tips on how to walk that out well. Um, and I know I... 
I will just put it out there. I am so still growing and learning in this area. I am by no means a conflict expert. (laughs) Um, It still challenges me in the the fight, flight, or freeze pattern. Sometimes I I just want to run from it or or I want to do it really aggressively and just get it over with, which both of those can be wrong. So I'm still practicing. Uh, We're all still practicing. So nobody's saying that we're perfect at this. And to be really transparent, I would say when I, when I was younger, I felt like I was better at conflict or conflict resolution. Um, I feel like maybe I regressed a little bit, so I'm hoping that this episode really helps me out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Probably it. Probably the level of conflict has increased because you have greater levels of responsibility. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and it's like you're you're seeing the results of how I respond to this holds greater weight because the greater level of authority that we walk in, the more people we influence. So how we manage conflict affects a much larger spectrum than when we were kids. Well, I also think that I I could say for me, um, sometimes it is that I've gotten so used to not having conflict in my life that when one arises, I just don't want to deal with it because I've gotten used Mm. to just just not having it. But like we're saying, in order to grow relationally, um, in community and whatever areas, I know there's a couple of areas in my life right now where some conflicts have come up and my natural instinct is just, eh, I don't like, I don't want to deal with it. I'll just step back. It's not that big a deal. Um, but that would be a wrong choice on my part because it's something that I have an opportunity here to actually push into conflict. And instead of just getting out of it, which would be easier for me, the, the better thing to do, the more mature thing to do would be to push into it. And these are not massive conflicts. These are just little things. But if I actually choose to handle it well, I'm going to grow. It's going to be better for them. It's going to be better for the whole. Um, and so I think sometimes there's either, there's either the people who just don't deal with conflict and just don't have any in their life, or there's the people who live in like constant conflict and, yeah. and crisis. Um, but because there is a difference between crisis and conflict. True. And yeah, we don't want crisis. True. You know, we don't want, I mean, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't want to be on the other end of that. And I'm going to fight with every ounce inside of me to confront that which is evil or destructive or has uh, chaos or crisis. Yeah. But conflict is a place of being uncomfortable. Yes. It's, it's a place where I'm not as secure. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe not as maybe not confident in me, or maybe I've never experienced this, or maybe it's a a whole other level of responsibility uh, that I have to develop inside of me the the confidence to be able to manage that properly. Yeah. And so that's why growth causes conflicts because I'm facing something I never faced before. Yeah, that's really really good. I I just noticed how. Uh, I just did that. I put the words um, crisis and conflict together. And, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I think a lot of us just naturally go there. We just think that if it's conflict, it's crisis. And then we respond out of emotion rather than handling it in a mature way. So I'm really gra- glad that you brought that up. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, and I was just even thinking in relationships, you know, I'm not married, but you guys can tell me if I'm right here. I was just thinking like in a marriage, um, you could have a marriage where there's never any conflict, but really there's never any 
external conflict, but internally, because somebody is never bringing things up, that person is emotionally suffering in that. Or you have the other end where somebody is always bringing up conflict and they're not dealing with it within themselves. And I would imagine both both ways is not going to be the healthiest marriage that you could have. Am I Am I correct there? Yeah, sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and I think sometimes in relationships, sometimes life changes and it shakes up our norm. Yeah. And that feels like crisis when actuality it's it's a process of growth and change because we even though I mean I love change, I think you guys love change too. You I mean we want to grow and advance and change. But the fact is when change comes upon us when we don't want it, that's when it feels like a conflict. Yeah. Uh because yeah. uh, you know, I was really comfortable in my skill sets. I really didn't want to develop a new one right now. Yeah. Or I um uh, I was really comfortable here and now something has happened in the home or uh, in a person's life or whatever it might be. And, you know, how do I process through that? I remember uh, my my husband, uh, he just thought, you know, he had some chest pain. Long story short, mm-hmm. he had this water around his heart and and he was very close to death. His heart was could have yeah. just burst. Uh, well, that caused a whole lot mm-hmm. of conflict uh, and because... but. At the same time, you know, it was how were we going to respond to that? And of course, we did what we needed to do medically and that type of thing. But in my heart, I began to say, oh my goodness, we make a big deal out of a little nothing. Yeah, yeah. And when it came to that, all those little conflicts, all those little things meant nothing. Yeah. And we weren't even sure about finances or insurances or all those things. And at that moment, I thought, hey, if we lose our house, if we yeah. lose everything we have, I don't care. I want my husband. Yeah. And so um, a lot of times... I mean, that was really a positive thing for me because when it was all said and done, I believe it brought such an order of priority that some things that were conflict, if he left his shoes where I didn't want him to be or whatever, (laughs) and that was like a little irritant to me, you know, it was like big deal. I want to see shoes on there and put them away or whatever. Mountains became molehills. Yeah. And so uh, that conflict and, and that was not sent by growth, that was not sent yeah. uh, by God or anything, but the fact is how I how I or we navigated that season actually made us better. Yeah, yeah. So, so whether it's life just bringing something, whether it's growth or change bringing it, the fact is how we respond to conflict is we will either digress in our maturation process or we will grow and mature and be more conformed to the image of Christ. Well, I think that really leads us into the four areas of conflict because sometimes we face a conflict and we lump it all together rather than recognizing there's different types of conflict. So uh, if we recognize the type of conflict I am in, then I respond to it based upon that. And so the first area of conflict is intrapersonal. And honestly, I think this is the most difficult one. Um, And that's intrapersonal conflict is I'm having a problem with Melody. 
You know, so you're, I'm having, str- you're struggling with yourself. I'm yeah. struggling with myself. I'm battling. You know, I have this dialogue inside of me, and I don't even know which one's gonna win. You know, and uh, or I have an attitude, or I have fear, or I'm, uh, you know, I'm just responding in ways that are incongruent to who God's created me to be, and that just creates. You know, when I do something that isn't right, I don't feel good about it, and then I have to process through that, and and so. That is like the first and most important conflict we must resolve because I believe a lot of the other ones often come from that. Yeah, uh, It's the battle that's going on in the inside of us. And if I do not overcome that interpersonal conflict, I will spend my life anesthetizing myself. Mm-hmm. So give me that half gallon of ice cream, you know, and I'm not dealing with what's going on inside of me. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it is uh, anger or whatever it might be. If I do not deal with that, I will uh, escape in yeah. whatever way that is for me, whether it's food, whether it's uh, isolating myself or socializing all day long so I don't have to face it, uh, sitting all night long watching TV and having entertainment without any thought whatsoever, uh, just to escape that internal conflict. So that's where we need to deal with that. If we resolve it, we will actually grow emotionally. So when I when I'm able to assess myself and determine what is the conflict, what is the solution to that conflict, what do I need to do to overcome maybe that false identity, maybe that area of shame or that area of fear or uh, that offense I took on or whatever it might yeah. be. Uh, if I process through that, through the help and the grace of the Spirit of God, and I walk through it on the other side of that intrapersonal conflict, I will have become a better person. Well, and I think when we're talking intrapersonal, so the conflict within ourselves, um, I think as you're saying, it's it's one of the most important areas uh, and sometimes one of the most hardest because I think yes. it's one of the last areas that we recognize. It's much easier to recognize when there's conflict happening between you and another person or between you and something else. But we live with ourselves 24-7 mm-hmm. and we just get used to living our life without recognizing that something is actually off. And so... Um, so you can't, we you feel, can't address a problem or you can't right. address an issue if you don't If even, you don't know it's there. Yeah. And see, I might feel bad and I project blame on someone <laughs> yeah. else yeah, yeah. when in actuality it's my insecurity. It's yeah. not that you said, oh, Melody, um, your hair looks strange today. Yeah. You know, and right away I feel shame and I'm not dealing with what's inside of me and yeah. I start blaming you. Yeah. And it's like, really, does it matter whether you like my hair today or not? <laughs> not that you would say that, but, you know, it's just like we're so quick to project. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't recognize what's going on inside Correct. of us. And so um, I think for myself, I've kind of noticed, you know, if we take it to the Bible, we were created to have life and life more abundantly. And I think we settle so much for a subpar reality. Yes, we live in a broken, fallen world. Yes, we're still being renewed day by day. But I think we settle so often for a subpar um, reality as sons and daughters of God, because we were actually created on this earth to live that life and life more abundantly. So, So for me, if I begin to recognize any area of my 
myself, not relating to another person, but myself that is feeling off. So if, if, to be honest, if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't feel perfect, if it doesn't feel lovely, if it doesn't feel a good report, yep. um, all the things that the, that the Bible says that we should think upon, if that is not what I'm thinking upon, if that's not what my reality is, that sh- to me should be an indicator that there is an area of my life that is in conflict. So those are those um, triggers, uh, if if you want to use that word, that can tell me that something's wrong. So um, you know, and we know this in in other areas. You know, your car has a check engine light. Mm-hmm. If you just put a piece of tape over that check engine light and kept driving something's going to happen. Actually, it happened to me. My check engine light was on. I just kept driving and my engine died. <laughs> so, so I can speak from experience on this one. But inside of myself, a lot of times something's going wrong and I just put a piece of tape on it or just pretend it's not going on mm-hmm. and systems begin to fail. And so it's really important to recognize when something's off, there is a conflict in you. And whether or not you choose to deal with it, it's still happening. Well, when that happens to you or when you have experienced that, do you try to anesthetize yourself? Find something that makes you feel oh, good temporarily? Absolutely, because there's a need that I need to be filled and I'm going to try to fill it That's just right. by whatever. But so if I, you know, if I eat the pints of Ben and Jerry's that I... <laughs> am often one to do. <laughs> um, I know I'm not actually fixing the problem. I'm just making myself feel good in the moment. So that's not conflict resolution. And how fleeting is that? Yeah, it only lasts like... <laughs> you eat it and then you're like, why did I Let's do Let's get this? another... I know. Another pint, you know. <laughs> and then my mom used to say this horrible saying, a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. <laughs> oh, so it, it, it tastes good for a little while and then I pay the consequences later. <laughs> no, that's funny. It's true. <laughs> and even if we just do that uh, psychologically yeah. or emotionally, the fact is we'll digress in our emotional health rather than growing. And so whenever I face an intrapersonal conflict, I must look at that as an opportunity to become better. I recognize if I can overcome this, I will be a better person on the other side of this. And now, instead of this recurring every time the button gets pushed, man, I destroy that button and break its power in my life. In fact, just just recently, um, and I've gone through so much healing in my life. I mean, it's just so beautiful. And I had so many triggers and those things just don't trigger me. And um, just recently, I was in a situation where there were some individuals um, that came into my life, uh, not ones that I do life with regularly. But when they were around, I wanted to escape. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why don't I want to be around them? And I saw a picture of a dog rolling over, sorry to bring up dogs, Mm -hmm. uh, a a dog rolling over on their back uh, in subservience to an alpha dog, Mm -hmm. you know, succumb. And I was that dog. And I go, oh my (laughs) goodness. And I realized after years of healing, that there was something so small yeah. that caused me to feel subservient. Yeah. And, but instead of getting all depressed about it, I go, wow, thank you, Jesus. You know, I see this and I be, I dealt with that. I repented of that. And I did the opposite of what I wanted to do. Well, did and you, thing did you recognize what you just said? I think 
you especially live in such a habit of self-assessment, but I would say for myself included, the general public, we don't live in that default mode of self-assessment. You said you recognized that you had this feeling of not wanting to be around them. A lot of times we don't even recognize that feeling. Or we'll blame them. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't like them. They're yeah, this exactly. or they're that. So you recognize that you felt off. You said, mm-hmm. why? You did the self-work there, that self-assessment. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit, because he is always with us. He's yes. always our helper. He revealed that to you. You were able to respond appropriately and you grew from that conflict from that moment. So it begins with recognizing that something's off. When we're talking about intrapersonal conflict, it's first recognizing something is going on and not just moving on from it, asking the questions, why? Doing the assessment and not lashing out on other people, but doing the self-work. It's an internal conflict. You need to deal with it internally. You need to deal with it yourself. And then, you know, taking step by step from there. Very good. You just did a very good job of unpacking that. <laughs> and I didn't even process that till you said it. Well, I do. That's so I think, true. I think you you live in such a habit of yeah, self-assessment. It's true. And I think that's an area we're all growing in, but and you've you've grown to such an extent that it just is your whole life. You're- <laughs> because I don't like using your words. I don't like feeling off. Yeah. I don't like doing something that I know is not. Well, who likes feeling off? But a lot of times we just don't recognize we can do something about it. Right, exactly. Very good. This so is a I, very good podcast. It's ministering <laughs> to me. <laughs> I guess what what we're kind of saying is if we want to do well with conflict conflict resolution, the first person we need to start with is ourselves. Yeah. Very good, yes. Yep. Um, I, the, the other day there was something that someone did that really, really made me angry. And when I stepped back and I, and I looked and I was like, what they did wasn't even that big of a deal. And so I was like, why am I yeah. so angry? You know, so I still don't have an answer for it, but um, I really asked the Holy Spirit to kind of reveal some things to me because the truth is, I think we'll have less conflict externally. Yes. Yeah. If we can be more free internally. Oh, you got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I know one of the, the things that I realized a long time ago, the more grace you give someone to be imperfect, the freer you become. Yeah. Right. And the freer you become, the more you give that grace to others. Yeah, Because now exactly. they're not holding power over you. Yeah. You're, you're not seeing yourself as powerless. You recognize, I do have the ability to overcome this. Yeah. I'm not giving them power in my life. And and maybe that's one of the reasons why I feel like I haven't confronted as many situations as I did when I was younger, because I realized a lot of those things were the feeling or the anger or the, the frustration was more of an internal battle that if I could just deal with myself, you know, um, that's where the real issue was. Now there are times where you're going to have to address an issue because it's a logistical thing mm-hmm. or 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 you need to communicate, this is how I felt, this is when you did this, this, you know, this is how it affected me. And so, see, that leads right into that second. But I, I will say this, you will only do that in relationships that you care about. Yeah. So if you do not care... Most people will not 
desire any resolution whatsoever. Well, you either won't work to resolve it or you'll just blow it up. Yeah, you'll make it worse. You'll just destroy it because it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if this relationship is important to you, then conflict resolution is important. So what you're talking about now, we've gone from intrapersonal conflict to interpersonal conflict. So you like that segue? Yeah, it's a great segue. You know, it was just like... I guess I'm getting better. Flows like butter, yeah. Yeah. And um, so uh, melted butter, because I guess refrigerated butter Mm, would be pretty hard, right? (laughs) But just, you know, like a hot knife through butter, I think is how Uh, they say it. There you go. But it's in interpersonal conflict. So now it is with me and another individual. And see, that is another level. And that's why I do believe, as you said, Joel, that if we deal with ourselves, that'll equip us to function so much better in dealing with interpersonal conflict. Well, I've also recognized in myself, especially in the last couple of years, there are so many, like you were saying, there were so many conflicts that were happening in me that I thought were another person. Mm. And when I just dealt with myself, I no longer had <laughs> interpersonal conflict. I didn't even have to bring the other person into it because it wasn't really their thing. It was my thing. And um, we talked about before or earlier, we might've been off mic then, but talking about uh, how we project, we're really good at projecting. Oh, I... I recognized that I was a real pro at projecting my junk onto other people. And when I just dealt with my stuff, um, magically, I didn't, I didn't have conflict <laughs> in those relationships anymore. I believe if, if you don't deal with your, that internal conflict, you're going to be one that accuses a lot. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Exactly. And so I think the more that you can resolve that internal conflict. I think in conflict resolution, you're seeking to understand then. Yep. And so there's more questions than yep. attacks. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. One thing I found for myself is if I'm really heated in a moment of um, conflict with another person, now not that that person is standing in front of me, but inside I'm really fuming um, because of someone else, supposedly. If I can get that out on paper or get it out to a blank wall, just get the words out of my mouth, pour all the emotions out with no one else around, if I can do that and dump my emotions, then I am able to process what's actually happening, logic, reason. And then I begin to make a plan. Then I begin to prepare, not an attack, but a conversation. So now we can have real... Um, like you were saying, I'm now going at it to ask questions, to listen. When you did this, um, you know, why did you do this? Could you tell me more? What were you thinking? Those kind of things. But it's now about relationship rather than about me releasing my pent up emotions on a person, which is most. So it's you're often separating. Not go well. You're separating truth from emotion. Yeah. yeah. Like in that in yes. that moment of like because emotions it. are real. You're going to have emotions. Yeah. So what are you going to do with them? For me, it's just helpful to get them out, but get them out to no one. <laughs> Write the letter you never send kind of a thing. Um, so so yes, it's separating that. But see, then your goal when you do talk to them is for restoration. Their goal, your goal is for healing and relationship and connection and yeah. those things. It's not to attack for separation. It is 
to talk, to work through. Right. So the relationship can be closer and better and more intimate. Right. And that's really powerful because if we don't properly resolve interpersonal conflict, we will not separate the person from the problem. And so the only way to get rid of the problem is to get rid of the person. Yeah. yeah. So if if I see Katie as the problem... Yeah. The only way to escape the problem is to get away from Katie yeah. and reject Katie and to blame Katie and to judge Katie. Which we may do outright, like you just leave that person or you may do it really subtly and passive aggressively and you're just withholding love or you're withholding yeah, affection, you you're withholding withholding from them. Because in some relationships, you can't always just walk get away. Out. Yeah. So you you punish, yeah. you try punishing them and all kinds of crazy, unhealthy, the ungodly things. I at just giving someone the silent treatment and just assuming they were going to figure it out. <laughs> and then I learned really quickly that they never figured it out and I'm just miserable. So I'm hurting, <laughs> I'm punishing myself as I'm trying to punish them. It just doesn't go well. But what's so beautiful is when you work through an interpersonal conflict with love and value and honor and uh, curiosity and yeah. understanding, as you said, Joel, you know, those things, what happens is trust is actually built. Yeah. You valued me enough to talk through this. Yeah. And now you are closer to that person than you were before, and they trust you more than ever before because yeah. they know that you are not harboring offense. But if there is something there that violates the relationship, I value you enough to work through it. Well, and doing this is such a big trust builder because the majority of the world, mm -hmm. we don't know how to do this well. And so people are so used to either being abandoned, mm -hmm. like people just, just leave. They don't know how to deal with conflict, so they just leave or they attack. And, and that is the... That is the default mode of most of us. And so when we experience it done really well, it is such a place of yes. safety. It's such a place of trust because we recognize, oh, I can actually work through conflict without this being attacking on me or without experiencing someone leaving me. So good. So good. And I think we can really apply this to the church world because uh there might be transitions in people's lives. So what they have to do, they have to make an excuse of why they're going to leave the church so they find what's wrong with everybody else. Yeah. What's wrong with the pastor? What's wrong with Susie Q? What's wrong with all this type of stuff? So they have an excuse to abandon, yeah. to reject, to walk away. Rather, I mean, if you're going to leave a church, if it's transition time, you make sure relationships are healed and whole and free, that there are no bridges burned, yeah. that there is a celebration and there is a love. And I love you. I love this church. I love everything about you guys, but I know that this is what God's doing in my life. So then there can be a blessing, there can be a favor, and there can be a continued exchange of life with that person, even though some of the relationship might change in mm -hmm. its dynamics. But people have not learned how to transition from one church to another or from one organization to another yeah. or, or whatever, because you always have to find someone to blame. Yeah, And, and that's I, where I think it goes back to that intrapersonal conflict because they have a battle inside. And instead of working through that, they make it interpersonal yeah. problem right. and they don't manage that so they abandon. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just know in our church, um, we've we've had some people transition out, mm-hmm. and I just made it a statement. I, I, we just say in this family, we transition well mm-hmm. um, because I, I think it is something. It's not always easy. It can be very difficult emotionally. It can be uh, for whatever reason on either side or both sides. But just saying, um, even though we don't always do it perfectly, we're just going to make a general statement in this family, in this church, we transition well. So we're not going to shy away from those conflicts when they're good conflicts um, or when there's something that to be worked through because we want to set a standard that um, this is something that we work towards doing well. And in full transparency, I would say the majority of people in our church didn't transition sure. well. Sure, that's why we Ye- say this years now. Ago. <laughs> years ago. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say more recently as we began to talk about it and encourage people yeah. and say, hey, we understand that people are here for a season yeah. of time and kind of setting the culture of that, we've seen a real shift in that. Yeah. So it is possible, but you're going to have to do a lot of groundwork. It has to become it. really a part of the culture. Well, and which, that's kind of what I'm saying yeah. now. Now we say this, and I think even personally, we can begin to, like I can begin to say for myself, I am a person who does transition well or does conflict well. And just beginning to tell myself that conflict is not evil, conflict, um, it may be scary, but it's not a demonic scary. It's just a healthy, a healthy fear that comes with conflict. So just begin to change that narrative within myself or within yourself of, of just saying conflict is good yeah. and we're going to do it well. Yes. Well, transition in itself is probably conflict. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I think this that would probably be a great podcast just to have one just on talking how to transition well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be. Good. Um, I think another area of conflict that we place uh, or face is our who we are and the role that we have. Yeah. And so sometimes have you ever been in a place that what you were doing did not fit you? And it's like, not only is it not fulfilling, but I'm maybe not skilled. Uh, it doesn't touch the passion on the inside of me. So there's this battle between who I am and what I am doing. And it's not a good fit. It's like putting a round peg in a square hole. And so that is something... Uh, not so much that we'll see more in interpersonal relationships, but so much more in maybe our work world, mm-hmm. in the church world, in different areas where we find ourselves doing things that is not a fit. So we have this battle between what our responsibilities are and that sense often of inadequacy that I'm able to do those things well. And we have to process through those things. And I think with this area, so now we're talking about conflict between us and our role. Yes. I think it's important to say here, whenever you are in a new role, it's going to be, there's going to be conflict just because you're in a new role. It doesn't mean it's not a fit necessarily. It just means it's new. It just means you're still growing. So there's going to be conflicts when you are stepping into a role. Um, And I think sometimes we run from that too quickly. We don't stick it out Mm -hmm. long enough. um, And there's not that staying power to kind of overcome some of those initial hurdles to grow and get better at something. So there's that aspect of it. But then there gets to be a time where you're doing something and you know 
know what you're doing and you've gotten things, you know, you've been there long enough and then you recognize this is not a fit for me. And so I do think sometimes we run too soon, yes. but it does come to a point where we recognize this is not a fit for me and I could keep, I could keep at it and just stick it out to stick it out. Um, but, but I'm, I'm not receiving life from it. I'm not building. It's not benefiting me and it's not benefiting the organization, that kind of thing. That's what we're really talking about here. And I really like how you you said that a lot of times we don't stick with something long enough. And I really agree with that because we're feeling it. So we want to escape it. Yeah. So if we escape it, actually we're hindering our own personal growth because yeah. it... Many times we don't separate who we are from what we do. And if I'm struggling with a skill or ability or, well, I'll use a a church illustration. Many years ago, uh, I mean, we have a real passion about our nursery and we teach the babies in our nursery and and, uh, we do things in such a unique way. And um, there was one gal I asked, I said, would you be willing uh, to allow me to train you in, and would you work in our nursery? And uh, because I just saw mm-hmm. that she would be amazing. And she goes, well, I'll give you six months. I said, <laughs> okay, give me six months. Well, at the end of that six months, she gave her life. Yeah. And now... Uh, 30 years later, she's still working in the children's ministry. And so she found something that was a part of her calling, a part of her destiny that she didn't realize. So she, but I love how she did it. I'll give you six months. And, um, and, and she didn't even get it at first, why we were doing nursery the way we were doing. But then when she saw the fruit of it, it ignited a passion on the inside of her. So she was able to process through that personal role conflict to actually discover what she was good at. and But a lot of times we're in that place and we don't give it the time yeah. or we battle with, if I'm not doing it well, something must be wrong with me and I feel shame because I might not be good enough. And we want to really overcome that and press through something to make sure we've given it our level best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could, a little simple illustration is, uh, years ago, I got a guitar from Joel here and I started to play and um, it hurt. It hurt my fingers digging into those strings and um, and I recognized that I don't like doing stuff I'm not good at. And so I, I stuck with it for a little while and then realized I didn't want to stick through it. Now, did that mean that I'm just not meant to play guitar? No, it just meant I didn't stick with it long enough <laughs> to get there. And, and it's still sitting there. It's pretty. It's still sitting in my house. But mm, That makes me wonder, what would you be doing <laughs> if you were playing? Oh, no, then you just have another responsibility, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need <laughs> so to So that be. might have been God. You <laughs> stopped doing it. But I love what you were saying about that person is I love that they said, I'll give it six months. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I'll go back for one Sunday and see what this is about. Out because I think that's what a lot of us do, mm-hmm. like I did with the guitar. Um, but she said, I will give it six months. So she gave it long enough and then she did catch a passion for it. But honestly, sometimes you're going to give it to six months and you're not going to catch a passion for it. And that's when we need to deal with, okay, how do I transition? How do I resolve this conflict in a healthy way? And one thing powerful, a way to resolve is number one, oh, I am good at this, like that woman. Yeah. Or secondly, you know what? This is not my gift. Yeah. Um, uh, I went 
to voice lessons and I learned it was not my <laughs> gift. And so uh, there's just some things that are not Melody Hilton. And so those are the areas. See, I still process through that conflict to discover what I was not. Yeah. So I could then delegate. There is things that I delegate to you, Katie, because I'm not good at it, and you are amazing at it, and vice versa. And <laughs> yeah, and same with y'all. And it's like we we have learned to partner together when it comes to personal roles. Uh, because we recognize we want to do something, give it our very best, but recognize when something should be delegated because that is not in our DNA. Yeah, I feel like shame can be a real hindrance with that because yes. let's say you looked and said, well, I have to be a singer. And you keep on going after it and going after it because of the shame in your life and saying, this is where my value is. And I, I could see that with a lot of issues within people. It's like they will remain in this this place of conflict because of the shame that they're feeling about who they are or they're getting their value out of, out of a position or uh, yeah, mm. what? What's someone gonna say yeah. if I stop doing this? I won't be, yeah. So that kind of goes back to if you can deal with that that wounding or that shame within yourself, then you can actually recognize mm. this actually isn't a fit. Yeah. And, so once again, if and we bring deal greater freedom intrapersonal conflict, yeah. we will not have the interpersonal conflicts. And when we get into different roles, mm -hmm. we're going to have a greater clarity because it's not consumed by a false identity or a lie of the enemy or the fear of man. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, with shame, and especially when we're talking about conflict between us and our role, I think a lot of times we stay in things. And then when you are in that shame, cycle, you a lot of times will think you'll take on a powerless nature. Mm -hmm. And so then what we can do a lot of times is, so say we're talking about our, our job. Say my job and, and I are just not a fit. So I start complaining about everything mm -hmm. because it can't be me. I'm going to do everything I can to cover up that shame and say, mm -hmm. well, this isn't me. It's something else. And so we're going to spew out and we're going to complain about everything. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll start to nitpick at other people and, and what they're doing. And it's all to cover up that sense of shame inside of us when um, really, if we can recognize, okay, this just really isn't a fit. Now I am not a powerless person. I can, I actually have the power to do something about this. And so, and I recognize there are times where you're going to be stuck in a job logistically that you, you need the job, you need to pay the bills and, and that's a whole process there. But there are a lot of times where we stay in a role that's not a fit, where we actually do have a choice to go get another job, to go actually make a powerful choice. And it might be scary because transition is, as we said, it is scary. But we do a lot of times have the power to make a change and not stay in that conflict, in that powerless, um, conflicted state when it comes to this area. Exactly. And I think that really is a great segue into the last one, which is... Uh, me personally and an organization. Yeah. And, you know, we know uh, in society, churches, businesses, everything, they have their uh, values and their mission and all those things because they recognize if uh, I apply for a job and I value what they value, yeah. I'm excited about their reason for being that business, then I I'm going to have greater buy into that because if I go into that just because I need money 
just yeah. because I want a job, but I cannot connect to the vision. I cannot connect to the owners. I cannot connect to uh, the culture of that place. I'm going to have this personal organizational conflict. And here I am attacking them, yeah, just yeah. like you said, when in actuality, I wasn't meant to fit there. Yeah. And so we need to resolve this. Otherwise, we will make the business the problem or the church yeah. the problem. Uh, or uh, And then we'll find if we make that the problem, the conflict is just going to increase. And then I'm going to start gossiping, gathering yeah. people mm-hmm. uh, into my opinion. And you got mutiny on the bounty, <laughs> which is so destructive yeah. and it's so divisive and, and it's, it's just ungodly. Yeah. But if we could say, you know what? I got in this and I realized that uh, in this organization, this is their core motivation and that is not my motivation. I'm going to treat them with respect and I'm going to honor them, but I'm going to look for a job that fits the passion of my heart. Yeah. And I will leave properly. I will leave in righteousness. I will leave honoring them for who they are and the opportunity they gave me to earn some money there. Yeah. That's why it's so important as a church to have a clear vision and to yes. even have those code code of conducts because let's be honest, not everybody that walks through those doors is a good fit for your house. Yeah. Exactly. And that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. There's mm-hmm. plenty of churches around. Yes. And so the more clear vision that you can have, uh, the more set of boundaries and standards that you have or a code of conduct in your in your church organization, someone can look and say, this really isn't a fit for me. Like some people will walk in and hear the worship and say, this is not a fit for me. Yeah. <laughs> Correct, yeah. And, th- and that has and, happened. And, th- and that's fine. And that's great. I'd rather them know that quickly, yeah. right? But guess what? When you have that clear vision, someone can come and say, yes, I can identify with this. This relates right. to me. This fits into the values that I have. And then there's a greater marriage uh, or greater partnership when someone comes in. So if you if you want to try to be all things to all people, mm, correct, you're going to cause a lot of conflict yeah. where, where there shouldn't be. So the yeah. more clarity that you can have who you are as a church, I believe that will deal with a lot of like um, conflicts because either they recognize right away that this isn't a fit or they they really identify with it and then they partner with you. That's yeah. right. And I think it's so good uh, because the because of these four different types of conflict, if we try to be all things to all people, we will be miserable in doing what we're doing and living in fear of who's going to walk out the door if they don't like what we do. Mm-hmm. That's the fear of man, which is it's demonic living in fear. Mm-hmm. But I think having uh, the values and the mission and the code of conduct, it's, it's not worshiping that structure. It's just a communication of who we are so that people can identify or they, choose not to identify with if it. If they don't know the expectations, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be frustration on both parties. That's right. Because they'll come and say, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. Well, we never. that's not who we are. Right. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't have a. <laughs> you didn't have a, 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 a dog in their owner's day at church, and you're like, well, that, you know, that's not really what we're about, you know. Well, and I think thing. this 
this also allows us to celebrate other churches. So we're talking about exactly. churches. So this allows us to celebrate what they're good at. And right. so if somebody doesn't find a fit with us, we could say, hey, they, they might be a great fit for you. Yeah. like Because we're not trying to keep people who just aren't a fit here. Well, I know there was a time in our church where our youth ministry was really thriving, and then we got to a point where it kind of wasn't. So some of the kids that were in our church, mm-hmm. you know, they needed that youth group atmosphere. Yeah. And so we would encourage them to go to a youth group or a church that had that. Yeah. Um, they stayed in the church, but on those other nights, they went to that. Yeah. And so I think as pastors, we can't be afraid to, you know, let people get their needs met through other places. Yeah. And and to really recognize what God has called us to do. Yeah. And make that really clear. And I remember and for, and for our time, that's what God called us to for that season of time. But we recognize like if we if we gotta meet everybody's needs we're not going to be effective in the thing that God really called us to. Right. Now, if you're a mega church and you can hire people for all those <laughs> yeah. things, that's great. Yeah. But we are not we are that. Not. <laughs> we are not that. We are a small church. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I mean, probably we are a part of the majority when it comes to churches, not the minority well, well, as, when as you far think as about size it, like and when you look staff. at the mil- When you look at the military, those smaller groups like mm-hmm. the Navy SEALs or... Um, they're really specialized, specialized in what they're meant to do. Yeah. Yes. And so, like, as a small church, I think the more specialized you can be, the more effective you can be. Yeah. And that just has to come by following the Holy Spirit. What has Obviously, God called you yeah. to do? Yeah. And so much of what we do, we're kind of off topic a little bit, but so much of what we do is a reflection of who we have. So uh, years ago, Katie, when you came on staff, there was a whole new aspect that was expressed through this house because of what you carried. And and so we recognize when someone comes in, they can help expand, you know, what we offer. Now we have like a community liaison. Yeah. We we can do in the community so much more uh, than we ever did before because we now have someone that focuses on that. And we saw that gift, we saw that passion, and we made provision for them to be able to be that. Uh, but we can't be everything or will not do anything well. And... Um, but I, I, it goes back, I think, to the values of what we're about. And really, in a sense, we're sharing our values right now. But I remember one person walked into the church, and they began to, I'll say the word spew, because that's what they did, spew some stuff out of their mouth, attacking local pastors mm-hmm. and local churches. And I think they thought... I would love to hear that because, you know, let me pump you up to how great you are and how bad they are. And what came out of my mouth, because it's our values, I said, we love every pastor in this area. We love every church. And we are a gossip-free zone. And we've learned that if they're doing that on the first day that they walk in <laughs> the door, right. they'll be doing it when they leave. That's yeah. exactly so, right. And we know they probably won't be here very long. And they they weren't here very long. <laughs> and um, and I but wasn't guess trying. What? We created a safe space in our church because we addressed it right away. Well, yeah. and two, what that did. It gave that person an opportunity to recognize without correcting them. Oh, uh, you were. Pardon? You, you were did. correcting them and yeah. that you addressed it yeah. right oh, I there. Addressed. Yeah. I just shared our values. Yeah. This is who we are. Um, and I, I guess that is correction. Yeah. But um, 
I didn't rebuke him or anything, but what took place at that moment was they had a choice to go, wow, you know how I just talked about those pastors really wasn't godly? Well, I need to hang around this place because I could grow. Yeah, I, I, I love how they want to be a gossip-free zone because I don't like to be gossiped about. You know, so it gave them an opportunity to grow or it gave them what they needed to say, I don't want to ever come back here because I'm stuck in what I want to do yeah. and how I want to function. And and they kind of were stuck in how they wanted to function. And that's, so it didn't, guess what? It protected our church. It, it kept us safe. And yeah. it kept us out of conflict, really. Yes, it sure did. Because if we're just trying to grow and like we want as many people as mm-hmm. possible and we we sacrifice our values yeah. just to get people, we're going to cause a lot of problems in the long run. Yeah. yeah. Um, instead of being, this is who we are, if that fits you and what you're called to, and, and, and we also recognize in our church, people come for a season of time. You know, and and we're okay with that. We've kind of dealt with that throughout the years, and and so because we're such a equipping church, yeah, they get equipped, and, and then they want to go change the world, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is awesome, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, but so I think it's so important to be clear with your expectations, and so that's in an organ, like in an organization sense. But I think that's true with even personal things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being clear in your expectations of a relationship, yes. You know, yeah, very, very can important. Save, save actually, a I didn't lot of think about it till we were talking. But actually, when he came in, that I was presented with a conflict. Yeah, yeah, you you did address conflict to avoid bigger, messier yeah, conflicts. It's later. like I processed through that conflict in a righteous way. Yeah, that uh, could have really impacted them for good but it did protect our whole house in the process. And I just want to say now, though we're talking about conflict between a person and an organization, um, so just like what we're talking about, I think the tendency a lot of times is when we go into an organization and we're talking about churches, but really this could be anywhere. Yes, you could go is. into a, a Target, like a retail store, and you don't connect with an organization. That's just one example. You could go into any organization and not connect with it. So what we don't want to do is blame and spew and make a mess what we do Thank want you. to do. I know my mom always told my sisters and I, when we would go somewhere, she said, you leave a place better than you found it. So that is the challenge. If you go into an organization, you don't connect with it. Your challenge is to leave it better than you so found good. it. So even if you don't stay, you're not you're not making a mess and then just leaving. You're actually there. And, and if it doesn't work out, then you just leave. But you haven't, you haven't made it worse before you left. You actually made it better. And and something else my mom told us was that, um, so she would say, when you go, you represent the family. So we could take that in in, uh, kingdom terms is wherever I am, I'm representing the family of God. I'm representing the kingdom. So if I go into an organization and I am a hot mess, that I'm representing my father God and and you know Christians a lot of times are the biggest deterrence to people finding Jesus is because of the way we act and so we just have to be really mindful um, that we are in when we are handling conflict that we are doing it 
um, in a healthy way, not just for our own satisfaction and our, our happiness and, and health, but we're representing um, the kingdom of God as we're doing this. And I know that's a lofty goal, but it's mm-hmm. something we should all be taking little steps towards. Well, we've been destined to be conformed. And conformed isn't just like an instantaneous thing. It's a lifelong process yeah. of him forming, reshaping, remolding us. And and I love the scripture, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And so what did he do with his intrapersonal conflicts? He had them. Yeah, he had them in the garden. The he had them in different situations. What did he do with interpersonal conflicts? And he had those too. Yeah. And he had uh, conflicts with... Uh, who he was and what he was responsible to do. He had conflicts with organizations, the religious leaders, right? And so if you think about, he faced all of these four basic conflicts as well. And uh, going back to, this sounds like a little catchphrase, but in actuality, it's something we should aspire to, uh, that we need to stop, inquire of the Lord, mm-hmm. hear His voice, and just simply obey yeah. with His heart and with yeah. His nature. Yeah. And His mercies are new every morning. Yes, he's they given are. us the grace to do this. He's not, um, he's not requiring perfection in a sense that uh, we never get it wrong, but he is requiring perfection in a way that he's always calling us to maturity. But but his grace is sufficient. So I think that's exciting. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, if you're alive, you're living, you have a heartbeat, conflict is guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so this this podcast is life exchange and I and I realize if if we don't deal with conflict well it can be a blockage to yes. the exchange yeah. yes. of life. So if we can learn to deal with it effectively, we're going to exchange, we're going to give and receive life so much more uh, yeah. so much more effectively if we can uh, navigate these conflicts yeah. Really, I think in a lot of ways, conflict is a gift because it exposes... That's a, w- that's a way to look at it, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, okay, right here's a gift. What weak area is this exposing inside of me? Yeah. You know, it calls me to see something I might not have seen before. Like, Melody, why did you say that? Why did you react that way? That's an interpersonal conflict, right? And so it might reveal a character flaw. It might reveal a wound, a hurt, you know, something like that. So in a sense, it really is a gift because I can be better on the other side of it. It can even be when it comes to uh, the roles, you know, my role, uh, conflict can show my competency gaps. Yeah. Melody, you need to develop this. Okay. I can just say, I hate computers. I don't want to do this or no, this is a competency you can develop. I don't want to make another YouTube. I don't want to make a YouTube video. No, it's, it's a skill you can develop at 60 some years old. You can develop this skill, Melody. You know, I mean, I'm telling life experiences here, you know, and it, you know, the conflict really reveals to me the barriers that are holding me back, things that could be sabotaging me. And so if I look at it as a gift or maybe conflict is an opportunity to grow, I think if we can look at something that feels negative and we can reverse engineer it to something that I can grow by, something that will advance me and increase me if I respond to it righteously, then 
I'm going to take it as the power of opportunity rather than something that could shame me or defeat me or destroy me. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about a lot of different aspects of conflict. Um, I, I just wanted to say if there's an area of conflict that we didn't hit on or there's an area you'd like to hear us talk more about, um, just let us know. And I make no guarantees, but yeah. uh, but we also want to hear from you guys and and uh, speak into some other areas or, or define further define some of these things that we're throwing out just quickly. Well, I think this episode was kind of talking about the areas where conflict can happen. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be good to have a episode where we talk about how to resolve yeah, conflict. conflict resolution. That's what everybody wants to know, right? Yeah, they're like, oh, thanks for stating the problem. Um, I know that there's a problem. Well, and I think conflict resolution is very nuanced, so it can be hard to attack, but we, we could do our best. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, any closing thoughts? No, just that it's such an honor to be able to share our hearts yeah. and partner together. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.